What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Unparalleled Sports Talk with Joe's Kwame Fisher-Jones. As always, I am him. And today I managed to finagle my man Chris Franklin to hop in front of a camera for me. We had to wait as he watched the uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year nominate, or Defensive Rookie of the Year announcement to go on. So that was exciting. And my camera just went off, so typical Zoom fun. So we'll work on that while we're <laughs> going. But uh, <laughs> So, Chris, we got the Super Bowl coming up this week. And as we got the game coming up this week, you know, there's a lot of different um, a lot of different questions about Brock Purdy. So before we get into that, I want to ask you, do you consider Brock Purdy an elite quarterback? I don't think he's there yet, but I think he's very, very close. And when I look at the the traits that you when you think about a, a elite quarterback, you think of a guy who's first off, you need to be have a good leader. And I mm. think he I think he has that. Even as young, he's garnered the respect of veterans, guys who are pro bowlers who were there long before him. So I think that's the case. Arm talent wise, I when I think I think of somebody who can make this off schedule plays, he's getting there. The more and more I look at this all this lighting. It's a nice he, way to put it. <laughs> he's, like, he's, he's still out long. He's, he's not Lamar yet. He's nowhere near Lamar. I don't think he's ever going to be Lamar. But he's get he's he's entering around there and, and make can make those off schedule plays. Then I just look at the overall arm talent, the understanding of the scheme and everything that does well. Now I think what goes against him is I think when you look at the system he's played in, Kyle Shanahan's system has made the most out of quarterback. So you start getting debate of is he a system quarterback? Is he a legit quarterback? Like he's a true athletic guy. But I think Jimmy overall Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo struggled a lot in that Kyle Shanahan system. And you know, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but it, it it's it's great dialogue because I wanted I Kyle Shanahan's system, there was a quarterback in with the Texans. And it wasn't Sage Rosen, although that name always sticks out to me. It was the backup quarterback. <laughs> and he's the reason why so many people think Kyle Shanahan is this quarterback guru. Because remember, Robert Griffin III, Donovan McNabb, Jimmy Garoppolo, those were all top-tier talents that struggled with Shanahan. But it was the guys that you didn't think much of that seemed to have the bar lowered that get that respect. So, you know, I'm going to give it back to you, but that Kyle Shanahan system, it, it's – I question. It's not like the, his daddy's running game, you know, that running system, that running scheme. Well, well, a lot of things, I think that I I, I like the Mike's system a little bit more because he let the quarterbacks boot a lot more. Like mm -hmm. I look at, I think it, I look at that. I think that was a lot better. But also one thing I think he's one thing that I, a trait that doesn't get talked a lot about with a lot of these elite guys is their ability to feel and get and anticipate where a throw is going to go. Yeah, and throw that window very well. And I think he does that. Because a lot of times, one, two, three, I feel like we're watching the old school West Coast offense in a way. Mm. A lot. Whereas one, two, three, out. One, two, three, out. 10 yards, 15 yards. And then the sets up to take the uh, the bomb once in a while. But I still think he still has some some work to do in terms of that bomb. But he's close. I feel like we're getting to the Joe Flacco in his heyday. Ooh. Is he Joe. I, like, I got to go. Comeback uh, finals for comeback player of the year. You know, I. I, with Brock, my first thing, and it's just like you. Well, what is and what does what means elite? I don't equate our ta arm talent with elite because if that was the case, like Jeff George would be an elite quarterback, <laughs> or um, you know Ryan Leaf for the younger kids would be an elite quarterback. Randall Cunningham would have been a because they could make Michael Vick because they could make all the throws. You know, for me, and full disclosure, I'm doing a whole show on this, so I wanted to steal whatever. If you gave me something gold, I was going to steal it. So. <laughs> Full disclosure. But for me, what makes an elite quarterback is can you bring, can you carry the team when they're stumbling? 
Can you pick them up and make the plays to get them right? And not the big, you know, 20-yard plays or the 30-yard touchdown passes, but can you make the smart check down to keep a drive going? Can if the coach, you know, this is something Jalen, I hope Jalen does this season come back. The coach sends in, you know, black 59 razor, which is a slant on third and five. Jalen says, nah, we're, we're, we're running the ball. You know, that's what that that's to me what makes the elite quarterback. So I don't believe Brock Purdy is elite. What I do believe he is, is functional. And functional when you're having a down year in the NFC, when the Detroit Lions are the team that you're playing against in the NFC title for the first time in 40 years or 30 years, or however long it's been since the Nixon administration, it feels like. You know, <laughs> when the Packers run into... Dallas and run rup shot over them when the team in the division or at least the NFC drops uh, five of their neck. When so many things are going crazy, if you got functional, reliable, dependable, then you'll be okay. And that's what I think Brock Purdy is. The question about him being elite, though, to me, puts him in a disadvantage because now he now the bar is being raised. Now he's coming in with the RG3 expectations in the Super Bowl and the Donovan McNabb expectations of can he be productive? And I, you know, and we'll get into the, well, I'll just transition right in there. That's where I think we're going to find, see the difference because he's lining up against elite. He's lining up against Mr. Elite on the other side. The guy that I'm not betting against anymore. I encourage <laughs> you not to bet against anymore. The guy that can not only make all the throws, but Let's be realistic and shout out Steve uh, TJ Hushmanzada who who kind of pointed this out earlier on one of his shows. He's been a game manager through much of the playoffs. When he's needed to make plays, he's made them, but he hasn't put the team at risk, you know. And that's what I think elite is in this Patrick Mahomes. So is he Patrick Mahomes? No. Is he? Uh, I don't even think he's Matthew Stafford, if I'm being full, fully honest with you. Ooh. I don't think he's Matthew. You know, I didn't want the Eagles. And then we said this. I didn't want the Eagles to play the Rams in the playoffs. Yeah. Because Stafford, if Stafford, and Stafford doesn't even need to get hot. If he can just get a rhythm, you know, yeah. he can pick you apart. See, I, I think it's, when I think of Stafford, I think he, like I, I, he's not the most mobile guy. I know it's not the thing. And I know he's got that. He's We talk about Armstrong. He's got that talent. He's mm -hmm. got that, that, that veteran know-how. It's still the what if you still to me. I just still hold my breath, not knowing what he's going to do. And I think he's prone to the interception. That's what has me at least with Purdy. Now, if Debo Samuel was out, if Ayuk is not playing, I don't feel confident at all. And you can say he's about anybody. Well, if you don't have the top number one receiver, yeah, you're gonna, yeah, you can see that. But I don't feel as confident that he can get the job done. If you take Debo out, Debo out, you're. I I, I think he goes down for half time. Ayuk's definitely out. I don't see Brock Purdy being that guy to lead a team. I, well, I, let me I, ask you a question. Let me ask you this. What if you take his first read away? We take his first read away. I think he is. I think he's still – Purdy can still do that. That's the thing. I, th I give him that. Mm. I think Stafford could too. Stafford, at least I know he knows – he would know the offense in and out, and I know he can feel like, you know what, I got pressure coming inside. I'm going to hit the hot out, the swing part, and then get 10 yards that way. I think he has that. I think Purdy has that in him. But it's one of those things where it's like if you take away the middle of the field, and he's – I think he's dancing a little bit. He's like, uh, uh. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, <laughs> I think you see why he got Mr. Relevant. We watched this dude throw a fadeaway pass to the middle of the field when the game was nip and tuck. That's not elite. That's not elite. So I, I don't. 
his numbers are good. His numbers are up there. And this is not a shot at him as a player. That's why I wore the 49ers jersey. So you can't, no one can cut. None of the people that watch this <laughs> in the area can say, I hate the 49ers. Some of my favorite players, Ricky Waters, who should be in the Hall of Fame. We were talking a little bit about the Hall of Fame. Should be in the Hall of Fame, Ricky Waters. Obviously, Ronnie Lott, number Jerry Rice, who I've interviewed at least twice. I love Jerry Rice. Uh, Guy McIntyre. So they've had a lot of my favorite players out there, Charles, Charles Haley. I just, when I see Brock Purdy, I, I think of right place, right time. I'm old enough to see a lot of guys come in right place, right time. But can they sustain it consistently? And last season, he didn't, you know, he didn't leave the game. He got knocked out. We'll see what happens this year when he plays another top-tier defense. You seem like you want to say something to that. Because when you said that, it, I just had this I, this light bulb just went off. And it really, the more and more I think about it, he reminds me of Jake DeLone in a way. He was in the right place at a right time. And he, he just solely but surely used that. He had he had Musima Muhammad for a while. He, he had Steve uh, Smith. Steve Smith. Also, he, he had everything around him. And he got to a Super Bowl one time. Yeah. And when he got where the attention came on, he just slowly faded back. That more and more. Thank you for bringing that out because now I'm thinking like we're watching the new version of Jake DeLome. I really believe yeah. that. And would DeLome have maybe maybe 32 good games? Yeah. Equivalent of a season and a half? Yeah. A couple of Pro Bowls and look at that. Like, oh my gosh, he was great. And nobody knew him when he was coming out. And then he just faded back slowly in, in, into his career. So yeah, it's. And it's a couple things that happen to these guys. You know, the, the league gets film on them. And they don't just get film in certain situations. They get the entire, you know, third, it usually takes about a season and a half for defenses to catch. Before, you could say it was a season, but now it's such a passing league and it's such a quarterback-friendly league. It takes about a season and a half. But once defensive coordinators, and more importantly, once the players get a feel for you, know what you like to do in certain situations, <laughs> excuse me, and know the directions you want to go, that's when the talent or the lack thereof starts to come out. And that's why I don't believe he's elite. And he's a good player. I'm not a Shannon Hand guy. You know that. I, I, <laughs> I, I don't believe the acclaim matches the achievement there. And should he drop another Super Bowl? Who? Let me put it this way. Should he drop another Super Bowl? This time with Purdy. And let's say it's not Purdy's fault. Let's say he comes out, throws for maybe 200-some yards. But the Chiefs control the game, which I believe they will because they have an outstanding defense, which no one has talked about, which is blowing my mind here. The, the 49ers are a favorite. Has anybody watched this Chiefs defense? Yeah, I get Pacheco runs like his shoes are too small. I get that. And I get <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, you know, has made these receivers play well. But has anybody watched this defense play football? I mean, they made Lamar Jackson look like a shell of who he was. They shut down Josh. Now let's think about the offensive they've played against just to get to this point. Miami. Granted, it was a negative 400 degrees. <laughs> you know, and it was it was literally icebergs coming through the game. But they still managed to schematically be in the right place at the right time. Then they get a hot Buffalo team that had been rolling dudes. Josh Allen was in the MVP conversation. They squashed that. And, and they were in Buffalo was doing everything and like they were just literally just pressing buttons to try to win that game. Then they come out and they control the Baltimore game. I don't. I think OJ uh, Odell Beckham had one catch. Yeah. Um, and like late, it wasn't even like early. It was like third quarter, third fourth quarter. 
Yeah, we late. had the fumble at the goal line where the ball was punched out. Dude didn't make a bad play. The ball, the defense made the play. You know, they held Lamar in check. They had him guessing all game. We have to give him credit for that, even though Lamar let me down. The Chiefs defense is, should be getting a lot more acclaim here, a lot more mentions here, and they're not. But going back to my point, going back to my question, if Shanahan drops this Super Bowl, the 49ers are pressed up against a very tough cap situation coming up. They're going to have to make some difficult, difficult, difficult decisions. I don't see anyone in their division coming up. Arizona still, uh, the Rams, the Rams will be okay, but I don't think they're coming down their neck. And Seattle, I don't, I, I know who they, I, I know they just hired the guy that decided not to double team Travis Kelsey. That's what I know about the Seattle Seahawks. So I think they'll be okay there, but will Shanahan then be on the hot seat? I don't think so. Cause I think he'll, it'll be one of those things where they're still winning and they're going I, they can have a same type, similar situation that the Eagles had where their t- schedules can get tougher and they're going to have a yes. target on the back. So if you do that, you got to let go of some of these defensive players. You're not going to be as – the roster's not going to be as strong as you mentioned with the cap situation. You can try to maneuver all you want. It's just, it's just bad overall for them. You're going to have to pay for Trey Lance at some point. Yep. yep. Yeah. It's going to come back. All those all those picks, you still need to build. You eat cheap labor and they don't have it. So you look at that, I don't think he's in there. I think two years down, two years down the line he's going to be in trouble when it comes to that, but it's going to be, he's going to get the moniker of can win the big game when it's necessary. Cause it's when the spotlight's been on him, and time and time again, it, I mean, I was preparing. I just knew, I just knew at, before Detroit choked it away. I just knew it was like, well, here comes the thing. Shanahan is even yeah. winner. We a winner. Now that he got to the Super Bowl, I think he, he bought himself two more years. So yeah. he's okay in that aspect, but it ain't good. It ain't looking good from here on out. That schedule's going to get a lot tougher. And what he, what that's going to as well too. The one reason why they've had the success they had because they had home field. Now your record's not as good as enough. Yeah, you take steps back. You're on the road now, and you're, it affects your your future playoff success. So it's a lot. It's a lot going into that thing. But it, he, he'll he's safe for now. Yeah, I you know I I, I mailed Dan Campbell a T-shirt that says "Kick the bleep and bleep and field goal." Like <laughs> you know, I don't live in a world of ifs, but that like dude, just kick one. Just kick one, and the whole dynamic of everything shifts, you know. And but yeah, I, I, I. So let's get your let's. Here's how where I'm going with the game before we get into predictions. This is what, or before I get to your prediction, this is where I see. I see a game that Kansas City kind of rolls through early on. They've scored. I, I, I want to say every on the first possession every game this season. I'm not 100% certain, but I know it's in some astronomical number in the playoffs. It's scored on the first possession every playoff game. I know that. So I think that that'll continue. The 49ers will run into some trouble early on. and But they'll get some steam going and they'll make a couple plays and the game will get a little closer than it should be. I think the 49ers will be down by about 10. They'll get it down to 10. And then Patrick Mahomes will do what Patrick Mahomes does. And at that point, you know, he'll make some plays. They'll go back up by 17 and they'll roll. And I'm predicting, you know, I was right there with the Lions. And I made a couple people money because they don't, you know, I picked the winner. I don't pick points. But they took the Lions on points and the Lions were favored or the Lions were picked to lose by four. They only lost by three. So they were all happy. But I'm mad because the Lions made me look bad. You know, but I picked against Mahomes twice and he's come out on top. So the one time I pick him, watch him lose. But no, I <laughs> that's how I think the Super Bowl is gonna go. And then one thing is the Super Bowl, and we and we learned this last well, I learned this last year as an Eagles fan. 
the freaking pregame and halftime is forever. Throws it throws you off. If you're if you haven't done it before, you don't know. There's no way to prepare for sitting in a locker room after having your lifehood, childhood dreams playing right before you for for however long, however long the first half goes, hour, two hour, how, or uh, forty five minutes hour, how long the first half goes, and then you got to sit for an hour and just sit. And just sit. And just sit. <laughs> and just sit. It's like, dude, the Chiefs have been there. They know what to expect. They have they've got everything planned out. This is just somebody said this and it was a great, great quote. This is just game 21. You know, this is just game 21 for Kansas City. It's the Super Bowl in name, but it's game 21. This is the Super Bowl for San Francisco. That's where the difference lies. I like the Chiefs. I'm not going to pick a score, but I like the Chiefs to win by at least a touch, at least two touchdowns. What say you? We're pretty close on the score wise, but you you mentioned that break. I remember specifically when the Eagles were up and Mahomes was limping. I went and got food, saw Rihanna <laughs> get lifted up in the air. The whole stage was set, had three quarters of my story done, and I'm like, "All right, this is good." Still sitting there eating food, watching Rihanna, and got to tear everything up because the game changed or anything. It's like, "All right." Yeah. But it's a long time, and it freezes up. So that's why it's going to be imperative for the 49ers to get out to a big lead so that way they can build enough cushion that maybe if the Chiefs were able to get a, get a momentum or What's whatever, a big lead? Because the Eagles were up by 10 last year. So what's a big lead? For them, I think for the 49ers, I think that defense is a little bit better. So it should be 10. 10's fine. I think if they got up by 10, I just don't see it happen. Yeah. I look at last week when you had home field advantage, when you had the experience, we had everything going for you, and you fell behind big to the Lions. You won't be able to. You won't be able to come back against this Chiefs team because the number you're going against the number two defense, who's, in my opinion, the strength. I know you got Frank Clark up front. I know you got Carl Office up front, but their secondary to me is their strength. Yeah, you I agree. Can't, you cannot pass your way back into this game. You won't be able to, and I, that's why I think. It's going to be the Chiefs get get it. The Chiefs are going to be the team that gets out big. The Chiefs are going to be the ones that has everybody talking. We'll see more and more panning to Taylor Swift. We'll see some more and more panning <laughs> to everybody today. We'll look at Andy Reid. We'll hear the conversation of, "Wow, he's the greatest coach." Point out, will make it a game. They'll make it the third quarter. They'll try to make a couple adjustments to do that. But the Chiefs grind. I have the Chiefs winning thirty-one to seventeen. I think it's going to be that. I think they win by by that score. And we're talking about Andy Reid being. He was already in my opinion. That's where he so, he's going to be mentioned with the it's hard to believe the the the, the Landrys the the Belichicks and everything else. He's, he's better like, than all of them. He's better. We can you know we can open that door because we both agree there. And um, I got you for a second because you only got one game to watch. <laughs> <laughs> you know it, it's um, I did and you know I told you about this offline and, and online as I was doing kind of an ode to Nick Saban and Bill Belichick and going through Belichick's records and seeing he had a losing record with Tom Brady, but seeing the lack of identifying talent. Andy Reid, his his coaching tree is tremendous. Uh, from Ron Rivera, who's had success in Carolina, while he may not have won the big game, he still had success in Carolina. You know, um, Steve Spagnuolo was, is one of the best defensive minds in the game right now. Matt Nagy, is not a good coach, but he's a <laughs> solid quarterback. He's a solid quarterback guy. You know, uh, I know I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting. McDermott, Sean McDermott. Yeah, I was about to say the guy out in, in Buffalo, and I'm forgetting somebody else who's had some success. 
But Andy's been around for a long time. He's he's and the quarterbacks he's managed to not just win with, but win at a high level. From Donovan McNabb, who's another guy who should be in the Hall of Fame, you know, to Alex Smith, you know, Jake Jeff Garcia, Michael Vick. And now he gets the gift from them football gods for having to deal with Philadelphia for all those years. And, you know, you talk about a guy that builds up credit. He takes Philly from the abyss, takes them from, you know, the vet into the link. They're, they're, they're one of the top franchises. He has a couple down years and they run him out of town for Chip Kelly. He goes to Kansas City and he gets Patrick Mahomes. What Mahomes go 10th in the draft that year? If that, he might have gone a little bit lower. Yeah, he, he, he didn't go, put it this way. He wasn't the first quarterback off the board. Nope. And he went before some guys that I think are working at Walmart. So he went <laughs> after some guys that are working at Walmart. But he gets that gift. And But it tells you so much about his coaching because coaching only matters when you have talent. It's the only time it matters. And Patrick Mahomes, you can see him getting better every year. So, yeah, and you never, he, he, you, you never hear about him. It's always about the players. You know, he's not the hoodie. You know, <laughs> you know, he's not the guy that 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 you know is a he's always he's he's always a good dude. So Andy Reid to me is probably one of professional sports, not just football, but professional sports is top. I would say he's up there with the Phil Jacksons of the world and the um geez, I'm forgetting the there's a, a hockey coach that I can't think of for the life of me because I'm hungry. But yeah, I put him up there with some of the. But he to me is better than Belichick. Oh, Scotty Bowman with the Detroit Red Wings. Scotty Bowman with Detroit. There we go. Yeah, so we're, <laughs> on the same, we're on the same wave thing. But he's up there. Guys that have done it with different faces, different crowds, different ways, and learn from their mistakes. You know, five straight NFC title games, one and four goes to Kansas City. They ain't dropping up. I think they've only lost one, and that was to Tom Brady. So I don't know if we count that. You know, everybody loses to Tom Brady. You play it long enough, you're gonna lose to Tom Brady. So, yeah. Where do you put Andy Reid? Even so, let's say he wins this game. Well, you know, when where do you put him? And if he loses, does it impact where you place him? Where he loses, I don't think so because he got himself. And I think this was this year is probably his best, one of his best coaching jobs because he didn't have Tyreek Hill. He started out slow. Yeah, he didn't have receiver. So I think it's one of his best ones. I don't, I don't hold it against him. Overall, I still think Belichick. Belichick, even if you take three of them away. Because there's clouds hanging over him, he's up there. I still think Landry. You got, I still look at those guys back in the seventies, seventies and eighties. I still put a uh, Walsh up there. I, he's getting me. He's getting close to Walsh because I look at the impact Walsh had on the offensive game, and I see the impact that Reed has on the offensive game. Even though he's had different offensive coordinators, they've all stayed the same, and he's evolved with the time that's gone with it. I put him up there at Walsh. And I put and Walsh is my second, so I think he's just behind Belichick. And if he decides to come back one more year, if he went at least if he has one dynasty, if he fits really? one dynasty, I think he's really. Where yeah. do you put? Why do you put Belichick over him? Just out of curiosity. He's, as much as we want to take it away, he still has the rings. They still have the chant Lombardis that came out. Of it. Even though, even though it was Tom Brady that was running it, and he, Spygate uh, and Deflategate and yeah, two two of them were definitely Spygate. When I look at the <laughs> take them away. The one in Houston, I guess the one against the Panthers and the mm -hmm. one against the Eagles, because miraculously all of a sudden how they know certain blitzes were coming, they haven't run it. Yeah. 
Yeah, that that <laughs> game, man. And I hate to revisit that, but it they knew every time when the blitz was coming left, they ran right. When it was coming right, it was it was so weird. And the Eagles could never get a beat on them. But you know, I, I bring that up in jest because if you're not cheating, you're not trying, and everybody's got to jest on the fly. You know, football's about execution. So I, I put him, I put him over Belichick though because he had Tom Brady his whole career, and we know how great Tom Brady was. And he, when he didn't have Tom Brady, he wasn't even good. He was awful. <laughs> like he was awful. Matt Jones is awful. All right, we got 10 minutes left in this segment. We talked about the wins. Now, I want we talked coaching last week a little bit. And I don't know if we discussed Jim Harbaugh leaving last week, but Justin Herbert is a guy that I'm keeping an eye on because I don't believe he's as good as advertised. And I'm going to ask you a very interesting question here. I want you to put your soothsayer hat on. Is there a chance the San Diego Chargers take a quarterback in this draft? No. Nope. Nope. No? You don't think oh, so? They, uh, you know what? I think they take a quarterback in this draft, but it'll be in the fifth or sixth round to replace Easton Stick, who's a free agent. That's it. I think they take <laughs> a quarterback in the third round. Oh, See, see that's that's enough to get them uncomfortable. I, I, look for, <laughs> I think you're doing the Carson Wentz thing all over again. Because – even though you put, even though we've seen it happen before, you gave mm-hmm. him the big attention. He's your guy. No, you know what? We love you. You can come back. We got we got these guys for you. And then all of a sudden, you take somebody in the third. Eh, you just Jalen Hurts. But they didn't just say somebody. They took Jalen Hurts, who walks <laughs> into a room and everybody goes like this. You know, male and female. So, yeah, they took Jalen Hurts. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not going to lie. That's a pretty man over there. So, you know. But I'm going to tell you why. Uh-huh. I'll tell you why I think they take a quarterback. There's a phrase, and my lady says has said it before. And um, you, you see it a lot with people that are trying to convince you, like they're trying to hustle you. It's thou protest too much. I, do, I believe thou protest too much. I feel like Jim Harbaugh is trying to convince me he loves Justin Herbert. Oh, he's, he he looks the part. He's so great. I was excited to meet him, and everything. and it just doesn't feel sincere. It's like he's trying to sell me a TV with no with no. Well, they don't have TVs with knobs anymore, anyway. It's like <laughs> I'm really dating myself. For, he knows. Nah, I've seen those. Yeah, exactly. It's he's like he's trying to sell me a TV with knobs on it. There we go. So I'll go the exact opposite. So I just have a weird feeling that. They're going to take a quarterback, and it will make Herbert uncomfortable. But I don't think it'll make him uncomfortable to a point where he can't perform. I just think it'll make him uncomfortable. I think it'll make the people that support him uncomfortable. So now we're really looking at his numbers versus where he gets always. It's never Justin's fault. Not Justin's fault. It's not Justin's fault. It's not Justin's fault. So that's where I go. I could see if it if they try to justify it in the same sense what the Eagles did going. Well, Justin's been hurt a lot, and we need a good backup ish, a uh, good backup, and we're worried about them. Yeah, but we all know. See, I just, I think it's one of has to be one of those things where it's day three. It has to be a day three, if anything. And even fourth round to me is still kind of high because that team has so many needs. Yeah, they need a uh, running back. They need to think about the offensive line. They need defensive line. There, there's so many needs on that team. They they need to address it. If they take a quarterback in the third, if I 
if they did Corey Thurman, if I'm the Chicago, well, the Bears probably take Caleb Williams. Not, uh, but if I'm the Panthers, not Pan- probably. They better. If they're they smart, better. They better. Although it makes me wonder. I, I think they trade back for one spot. I think they they dangle in front of the Commanders because the Commanders went. You can't, and I like Justin Fields. I hope he lands on his feet. But yeah, I got I got to get you one more one more time. Kevin Gray, friend of mine. Kevin, well, not friend of mine. Mutual acquaintance. Kevin Gray. He had a great quote, and I want to get your opinion on it. Okay. He said that he was mad that Jerry Jones kept Mike McCarthy, not because of McCarthy's shortcomings, but because every time the Cowboys lose a game, we're going to hear about Bill Belichick. And it's obvious that that's the guy the Cowboys wanted. It's obvious they wanted to bring him in, but Jerry doesn't pay two coaches. I never thought about that. So for the whole season, he's going to be on ice because Jerry wants that record in the Cowboys sideline. And they know McCarthy's going to do, we know what McCarthy is at this point, but Jerry's not going to pay two quarter, pay two coaches. What's your opinions on that? I don't think it's so much the pain because that man will pay over and beyond. And spend a lot. I've seen the person. He move. hasn't done it though. Think about it. What coach has he fired? I, I don't. I. I don't think they fired uh, the guy, their last coach. That because I'm drawing a bank uh, that they were supposed to hire Kevin Kellen Moore for. I don't think they fired him. I think his contract ran out. They just didn't pick him back up. He's now doing the NBC broadcast. Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett. I don't think they fired Jason Garrett. Yeah, I think it's more of the things that they can't find the person who's going to be. Yes, Mr. Jones, I'll do it right away. You know, Bill's not going to go. Well, we're going to be. I don't think Jerry. I don't think Jerry. I think that. I I know you say that, and people have said that before. I don't think Jerry's like. I think he. I think Jerry has a strong enough personality. He doesn't need you to agree with him. He's going to do what he wants to do anyway. (laughs) I don't care. You know, I don't care what way you want to go. This is the way we're going. But yeah, I, I, I I was shocked. The cow. I was shocked Dallas didn't go that direction. I just thought Bill Belichick and the Cowgirls were a perfect marriage. It worked with Bill Parcells, who's a much more was a much stronger personality, and it worked fine with them. They didn't win in Super Bowls, but they were always a competitive football team. A lot of good football those years. The Eagles were just better. That's so you 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 don't think that that's going to be a story all season? I don't think so. I think it's more. I think you know Belichick's name, but I think it's more for the well McCarthy's lame duck. The guys don't believe in him. He doesn't have a contract left on this year. Why should we listen to him? Let's get him out. Not. Actively putting a mutiny, but maybe if they start three and eight, maybe there's a mutiny. I don't know. Ain't no but maybe. Done He's done at three and eight. They're done. But if if they start sliding, it's going to. But I think they see him as a lame duck. First, lame duck. first, first place schedule. That's what they're going to have this year, right? Bless the Eagles for that slip. <laughs> first place schedule, and they're going to get a team that is ready for them to go. All right. So Zoom is bugging on me again. So I am going to go ahead and let it go right now. <laughs> Chris, brother, I appreciate you. It's been a great season. Uh, I guess we'll give you a couple weeks off, and then we'll try to pick back up around the draft. All right, brother, good stuff. Make sure you read Chris's stuff on NJ.com. He's a beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, and uh, one of the best out there headed headed, headed upward, and I hope I hope to roll with him. <laughs> you know we're going where I go, you go, you go, I go, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for – it's been a great season, man, seriously. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for entrusting me for being on here, too. So, thank you guys for all for watching, too, and listening. So I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it, brother. I appreciate you. That's it for this episode of Unparalleled Sports Talk. If you like the podcast, make sure you like it, share, subscribe, comment, whatever your podcast platform allows you to do. For the for the great Chris Franklin and for me, as always, we appreciate your time of year. You be easy.